0: Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? My name is Matt. I'm part of the team here at the evening service. It is really, really lovely to be with you on this very Christmassy evening. Um, The first things first, whose phone was that going off? Um, Was that, um, yeah, could love it. Very good. That was beautiful. Um, A little bit of naming and shaming here. Um, I hope you're feeling really Christmassy. You are really welcome here, especially if you've not been to church for a little while or especially the evening service in particular. On behalf of the team, I know Abby's already said it, you are really welcome here tonight. Um, thank you so much, Mary, for reading the correct part of that. John, you did great. That was fine. Um, if you wanted to follow along, um, I'm just going to be sharing a quick thought uh, from John, Chapter One. Uh, you can do that if you would like. But we've been doing a mini-series at the evening service called Coming Home for Christmas, which is what that slightly over-the-top introduction was all about, and um, over Christmas we've been thinking about journeys. Uh, I don't know about you if you've got a journey that's coming up for you over Christmas, but the Bible's full of them. That Throughout the narrative of the Christmas story, all these significant journeys. We've looked at Mary and Joseph, last week we looked at the wise men, and uh, tonight I'm looking at Jesus' journey uh, coming from heaven to earth as a baby. But journeys are really interesting, and we've got a big one coming up that we're going to be watching with great anticipation, which is Maddie's parents flying to the UK for their first ever Christmas with us, and the grandparents will get to meet baby Ozzy for the first time. We're super excited. I know. I know. It's very emotional. But we're very excited, so we're going to go and pick them up from the airport uh, on Wednesday, I think, maybe. someday this week. We'll go get them. They'll, they'll end up at our house either way, I promise. And we're very excited about that. And we're very much looking forward to bringing them into our home, Uh, But one of the things about our home that we're very aware of is that we live in a terraced set of houses. And we have been told that uh, the upper class members of society might look down on those who live in terraced housing and refer to them even as wall sharers. And that is a thing that we have to become used to. In sharing walls, we have neighbours. And um, hands up if you have a neighbour... That's a trick question. That should be all of you. Great. Uh, We all have neighbors, and they all treat us differently. You might have a positive or a negative experience of your neighbors. Maddie and I have not lived in that many houses, but one house that we did live in, or a flat, I should say, was in a block of six, and so we had lots of neighbors. And actually, we were in that flat for like five years, so we saw lots of people come and go. We had our fair share. But there seemed to be one flat in that block that had more troublesome neighbours than I can really count. And for some reason, every person that moved into that flat was trouble one way or the other. When we moved in to start with, the person who lived there was a very bizarre introvert who had a crippling level of OCD and I think might have been into powerlifting in the middle of the night. The second person who moved in was actually several lads. And I like lads, don't get me wrong. We've got a row of them at the back, that's fine. Okay, That's cool. Not got a problem with lads. But when it's the coronavirus lockdown and you're playing music at 3am and there's quite obviously a massive party going on, I might have a problem with the lads. And then finally, just before we left, a huge family move in. And you might have noticed the numbers going up. The flat, Maddie and I barely fit into our flat. They're all the same size. This big family move in no actually they cooked us a wonderful curry well I say us, me, I ate both portions because Maddie doesn't do curry but I loved these guys, they were great however they had two very boisterous children who um, basically they didn't let play outside which was really bizarre as a social experiment I'm not going to lie because it meant they did all their playing indoors and that was lovely to listen to as a neighbour that was great, I really enjoyed that <laughs> neighbours mess with your world right, would you agree with that? Neighbours mess with your world, for better or for worse. And the thing is, we all have mini worlds that we live in. Okay, So your home is a miniature world, if you think about it. All the things that you love exist in that place sometimes. You might feel indifferent about other people or things that are there. But generally, everything you care about is in those walls. People, items, quality time, all these things. This is your world, And it's particularly true for wall sharers, but occasionally, neighbors have this ability to step into your world through the medium of sound, or maybe other things, overhanging trees into your garden. I don't know what it might be. Neighbors have a way of kind of breaking into our world. And Christmas is the story of God becoming our neighbor. Christmas is the story of God becoming our neighbor. Our neighbor. Right, is this working? It is, lovely. Ooh, I know, snazzy graphics. Okay, I put this together in about 30 seconds before, so hopefully it works. In the beginning, may, uh, God made the world. Now, you'll notice that the passage that Mary read had a real similarity to a very famous poem that lots of you might know about, Genesis chapter one. How many people believe the world was created or why it was created? And there, there are loads of similarities between the two passages, so we notice that they start within the beginning. And so God made the world, or was the cause behind it or however it actually happened. But we read about in John 1 that Jesus was actually there in the making of it. And so what we have is we have God, and that might refer to God as the Trinity, or however you might want to see it, and we have the world, the, the created thing. And there's this, this almost this separation, God out here making the thing, and then the, the thing is external. But actually what happens almost immediately is we see that these worlds are not kept separate. But actually God is intimately involved and these things overlap. God becomes a neighbor and helps. And actually the whole story of the Bible, the Old Testament in particular, is God breaking in and helping people and interacting with the world. Not some far off mystical force, but actually being involved. He reaches in and he has an impact. But then at Christmas, this goes one step further. The word, which is another way of saying wisdom or the real or the ultimate, Jesus, he becomes flesh and bones. He puts skin on. And in that moment, the two worlds fully collide. It's not that they're involved. It's not that they overlap. He moved all the way in. This is like having a neighbor and having someone who lives in your house. This is very different stuff, okay? This is a full Jesus comes fully into the world, makes himself fully available to me and to you. And even if we just want a bit of him, we might say, you know what, Jesus, there's, there's, your, there's your space, and I like the idea that it, you're a good person, but there's me, and I'm quite happy with my space. Or maybe you're like, actually, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you a bit of my life. I'm kind of interested in you. I will go to church occasionally. I will say the right things. I will do the right stuff. I might even give you some of my money. But I'm not going to go the whole hog. Jesus is not interested in that at all. He wants it all. He wants the whole thing. And that is what Jesus says. Uh, I love this verse. In John 14, he says this. uh, Jesus replies to them, Anyone who loves me obeys the things that I say. And my Father will love them. And we will come to them. Get this language. I love this. And we will make our home with them. What a wonderful picture, and this is Christmas in all its wonderful truth, that Jesus says, I'm standing at the door of your heart and your life, I'm knocking, I want to be let in. I'm not just a baby in a crib, I'm not just a nice story to make you feel better, I am a partner for life, I want to do life with you and fill your life, give you life to the full. That is the central message of this whole book of John, that Jesus says, I want you to believe in me, not just as an idea, but as a real thing. And you know what? I could finish the talk there. I could. Some of you are like, I wish you would. I would sit down and I could be done. That would be a nice, lovely talk. Jesus, it's not just you know, um, a thing for Christmas, it's for life. I could sit down and say that. He wants you to have a wonderful life, a full life. I could sit down and be done. But it's all a half truth if I do that. Because what did I say about neighbors earlier? They mess up your life. Jesus came to mess up your life. That's true. Okay, I want you to repeat, re- repeat it back to me. Jesus came to, rep- uh, to mess up your life. Jesus came to mess up your life. It's the truth. And you can say to someone who said, what happened when you went to church in that carol service? You can say, the preacher said the weirdest thing. He said that Jesus came to mess up my life. He did. He came to be a neighbor and he came to mess up your life. He doesn't just want you to be as you are. He wants to move you on. You see, we like to live our lives separately from other people, don't we? I was at a family gathering even today, and I couldn't help myself. But as I'm stood around this lovely meal, what do I do? I just slip into small talk. Who here is a small talk kind of person? You, maybe you enjoy it, maybe not. Yes, yeah, some of you some of you are just like, I don't even want to do the small talk. I wouldn't even go to that event. That's fine. But for me, I just slipped into it. But why do we do that? It's because we love this idea of having our space And small talk protects that space, right? You've got you and another person, and there's daylight in between. And the small talk means I can be in the same room as them, but I don't have to get messy, I don't have to be open, I don't have to be honest, I don't have to share too much, it's fine. So we keep our lives real separate. But Christmas is the story of Jesus stepping into our literal, physical, real world some 2,000 years ago, and he changes it for the better, and he calls you... To do the same today. We actually discover that Christmas is kind of a model for our life. It's not just a nice story. It's an indication of how to live. We are all built to live a life that is connected to other people, not separate. We are all built for connection. Our worlds need to collide. We cannot keep them separated. To be a real neighbour You have to cross a threshold the way that Jesus crossed into this world and became a baby, put flesh and blood on. We have to do that. Christmas is a model for us. In John chapter 17, Jesus says these words. As I was sent into the world, so I send you. As I was sent into the world, so I am sending you. Even in his birth. Jesus could not help but have a crazy amount of impact on the people around him. Notice this, that the birth of Jesus was a blessing to the down and the out and the marginalized. Poor, smelly shepherds out in the field, they were the first ones to be told the news, go and see the king. As Marion reminded us last week, these wise men, these people who would have been called foreigners, outsiders, not welcome. They were told by God where it was happening. So there is inclusion for all. Jesus' birth was a blessing to the poor and the outsider. But also his birth was a great encouragement to his family and to his friends. Think about all the stories that take place before the birth of Mary and Joseph, of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and of others who were all greatly encouraged by the birth. And finally, his birth was a challenge to the established powers to the point where a king started killing people because he was so paranoid that Jesus was going to come and change things his birth really did mess things up he was a neighbor so as I come to close may you this Christmas say yes to Jesus invitation would you allow him into your heart to make his home with you But may you also be motivated by love to be a good neighbor, blessing the poor, encouraging your friends and your family, and opposing darkness, corruption, and injustice, wherever you see it. May you be willing to enter someone else's world this Christmas and mess it up. Amen? Amen. Father God, I want to thank you so much for this truth that at Christmas we celebrate uh, not just the story of your son coming to earth, but actually showing us how to live. God, we thank you that that baby became a man and that man died for us and he did it out of love. And Lord, he did it so that we could live a full life. And Lord, I just pray that tonight we would be really both kind of encouraged and challenged, encouraged to know that you love us greatly and that Christmas is a story for us. But also, Lord, I pray that for those of us that have just become comfortable and actually we're have you know, we living separate lives from other people around us. God, would you motivate us? Would you challenge us to start allowing our lives to, to overlap and to break into others? God, help us to be good neighbors. Help us to mess things up. Help us to have an impact, not just to settle, but to be people of radical love and justice. For your name, we pray. Amen. Amen.